our lives are busy, right? Um, so I find myself like constantly checking in with athletes and like asking them if this is working, if that's working. And it's like really just making the plan work for them. Um, a, a big motivating phrase I like to use too is like action creates momentum, right? So that helped me in pregnancy too. When things started to get like super uncomfortable with the training, I was like, okay, uh, I'm planned for a four mile run. Uh, that's not going to happen. So, but at least getting myself outside the door for like a two mile waddle, <laughs> but like essentially that action creates momentum. So then I was just doing something every day. Um, yeah. And for, for me that worked. And I think that that works for a lot of people, you know, where you're not, you don't have to get attached to like, Oh, I had a 10 mile hard run plans. Like just get yourself out the door. Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are your hosts, Jess and BJ, and we're on a mission to create a better world. Part of the way we do that is by sharing stories of people looking, finding, and living their purpose, a way of being that can inspire action within others to pursue more of what they love in this life. We all have unique gifts to share, and they're found within what we love. I believe we have a responsibility to unearth those gifts and give them away freely throughout our life. This is what makes up the beautiful color of life. And if we all shared our beautiful colors more, well, is that not a better world? And I think that every single one of us who is drawn to this show, that includes Beej and me and our amazing guests, are unearthing more of what we love every time we tune in. So take what resonates, share it with your communities and families by living what inspires you and know that it's okay to leave the rest. It's a process. And isn't that something we are all so familiar with as athletes and listeners of the show, a process that leads us towards our goals and dreams, but perhaps as our guest today would say, Amber Ferreira, she believes it's more than that. It's about who we become throughout the process. We followed the story of this well-accomplished athlete for many years. Amber has raced triathlon as a professional for over a decade and has stepped onto more podiums already than most will ever experience, including four times as the national snowshoe champion. But Amber is not only a pro triathlete, of course, as many overachievers tend to do. She wears many hats. <laughs> she holds a doctorate in physical therapy. She is a coach, a business owner, wife, and most recently, mom to Charlie. She is head coach and owner of Granite State Endurance, which has a large contingency within New Hampshire, but also across the country. She hosts training camps and team races throughout the year. We're so excited to jump into this conversation, and we hope you enjoy the ride. Amber, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. That was a nice intro. <laughs> super. Thank you. Well, it's super fun to, to write. And I always love like the, you know, man, we think like right when we've found our thing and it's so important pro triathlete or, you know, whatever it is that we play. And then along comes Charlie and like, yeah. I'm sure she's uh, expanded your world and made it so beautiful and turned it upside down and made a mess and all those beautiful things. And so congratulations on her. Uh, and maybe she'll, well, there's a, there's a chance she may uh, make an appearance, but it sounds like she's taking a nap right now. She probably had a hard workout this morning or something. <laughs> she definitely gives us a run for the money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, my coach the other day, actually, this is funny that you brought that up. He was like giving me a little hard time because he's like, oh man, you know, you're kind of ticking the boxes, but you're missing some of those strength sessions. And I'm like thinking, I probably do about 120 pound squats. You know, she's about 20 pounds right now throughout the day. <laughs> and it's like, luckily I carry her on the right side. So my right bicep is just so large right now. <laughs> 
And is that physical therapist in your head going, I also need to hold her on my left side? (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) But I'm just so right. You know, I'm, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a whirlwind. And like I said the other day to someone, it's probably been like the best year of my life with her. So. What, um, I want to get into your backstory, but now that we're talking about Charlie, uh, what's one thing that she's taught you? I know she's taught you probably a million things and challenged you like beyond what any Iron Man could do, but <laughs> what's one, one thing that comes to mind that she's taught you, um, over this last she, year? So yeah, I was thinking about this the other day because I feel like she's, she's slowed me down in a little bit in regards to like being really mindful. So when I'm home with her, you know, and we're just playing, I'm like, no phone, there's nothing else. And it's just like, I actually spend hours just like watching her figure things out, you know? So like my world in a way, at least some parts of it have slowed down. Um, which is interesting to say, because I'm still living in a world where I'm having to juggle a bunch of things. So it's funny that those two can, can live in the same world, you know, being a little bit more mindful and slowing down and, but then still having a life where you're feeling like you're running around with your hair on fire. (laughs) Um, But she really has taught me to just be like in the moment and um, yeah, and just really, and slow down, um, which, which is an important lesson for all of us. Right. Um, I think we just go through like day to day. And especially when we try to pack things in, it's like, swim and bike and run and talk to athletes and we're on our phone. And, um, she's really kind of in a way simplified things. Did that, I don't want to get too far ahead, but just your recent race, uh, in Tremblant, did that, do you feel you were a little bit more focused because you're talking about slowing down and actually in the race, you need to go as fast as possible, but you can have both. You can have both. You can have that calm. Did you feel that? maybe a difference. I did feel that. And I, and you know, there's a lot of cool things about that race, which I don't know if we want to get yeah, into let's now, go. let's go with what's happening okay. right now. It was, I was like, that was my first pro race, but you know, I had raced a, a bit, but n- not, a not Ironman, um, since having her. And I was just so, so nervous before that race. Um, and I just, I couldn't really figure out where it was coming from. You know, I, I think like I put, a lot of pressure on my shoulders, maybe to, to get back. Um, I also felt like I was doing the most minimal amount of training because I really didn't want, I didn't want to like do all this training and miss out on Charlie time. So I made a promise if I was going to go back to triathlon, I was going to be like minimal impact to Charlie. So like, you know, bike in the morning before she's up and do all my runs with her. But that left me feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm racing as a pro, but I'm literally just squeaking by in regards to, you know, chronic training load. Um, and also my coach who's hilarious, like we had a talk before the race and he's like, well, he's like, um, you have about three and a half hours of race fitness in you. And I was like, okay, so what's going to happen the last hour of this race? (laughs) Um, but but yeah, I think once I got on the start line and got to see like all the girls that I had raced and just missed, um, I found myself like in a really like positive, good energy environment. And then once I got out there on the bike, I was just like so grateful to be out there and racing and pushing my body that I felt like things just really flowed. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, venturing into that. I love the unknown. Like you're so used to the volume and the intensity and then 
you don't have that option or you chose not to have that option, which is pretty brave, right? You're a pro triathlete and you're, you're braving the less is more. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Less is more. And so I feel like, you know, there's a lot of things that are just drastically different about my training right now. And, um, the volume's a bit lower. The intensity is definitely lower. Um, and I don't know, it's working, you know? So, um, and it could also be, there's a lot of like cool physiological things that happen, like after giving birth, like things like your heart, heart remodels, um, because it was used to like pumping huge amounts of blood volume while you were pregnant. And then, you know, obviously increased hormone levels and like even, even uh, structural things like rib cages get bigger, um, which may allow you to like bring in more oxygen. So mm-hmm. the whole process was fascinating to me. Um, so yeah, lower volume, lower intensity, but I'm just rolling with it right now because <laughs> it's working. <laughs> any resistance, any sense of like, I wish I could be doing. Not, no, not really because I early on too, I learned like, um, if I did too much, you know, like I just started to miss Charlie and and that just wasn't going to work for me. And it was not making me happy, you know? So I'm like, all right, if I can race even relatively well on this volume and, and like still spend my days with Charlie, then that's how it's going to be right now. <laughs> That's amazing. I like that. (laughs) But I think there is this, you know, we always talk mindset, mental training, you know, it's 90% a race day, blah, blah, blah. But I think a lot of times we like kind of push to the side how important and how powerful happiness is and how powerful gratitude is and how that can play into our performances to our advantage. Like you said, when you got on the bike, you were just full of gratitude. And does that feel like a superpower almost? Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. And, and that's one of the bigger things too. You know, I hadn't raced in so long and I, I did a pretty good job like training through, through the pregnancy and, and, um, slowly working my way back, but I really hadn't had that chance to like dig deep and race hard. So, so yeah, I was just like so grateful to be out there and my body felt strong. Um, and I, I really had missed racing so much that I think I was like mentally fresh too. So that is a huge part of it. I, I said this, um, to one of my athletes the other day, really it's like a happy athlete is a fast athlete. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we totally, Mm -hmm. totally agree. If you're out there just like, I don't want to be here. Like that's gonna, I mean, just physiologically that's going to create stress. Now you're going to have stress hormones. And if one hormone's off, everything's off. And, and so, yeah, I think, I mean, I led into this, this, podcast talking about doing more of what we love. And that doesn't mean that we won't be challenged. It didn't mean that like your body wasn't on fire during that race at some point, <laughs> but it that doesn't negate that you're doing what you love. And right. then you have this amazing little being who apparently is some kind of a mindfulness guru. <laughs> and, um, and then she's brought this whole other power into your experience. And, yes. um, you know, we've seen this so many times, right? Women give birth and then I've seen this so many times and they come back and it's like, whoa, whoa. Like your body had gone through a massive trauma, but perhaps that is almost relative to the strength and power you get on the other side. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that. I know. I, I find it so fascinating and there's just, there's so many, um, there's so many pieces to the puzzle. Right. Um, so super cool. And as a, as a professional, you've been in the sport for a long time, but you were 
Were you, yeah, you were like in this part with the PTO where they actually have like maternity leave. Were you able to take advantage of that? That I like just missed the boat on that, (laughs) which is okay. (laughs) That's all right. She was worth it. In all honesty, um, I'm so glad, like there's a lot of good things coming down the pipeline and just like so many good chances. Like I was in 2014, I had got, uh, came third at Ironman Texas, then one Ironman like Placid. And then because of the weird point system and how they had an like, unequal amount of females going to Kona, I then I had to race again. And so I was like right on that cusp of where they started to ch- change things. Um, so, you know, and that was almost a decade ago. So yeah, it's just, it's come a long way and it's super exciting to see. So I don't m- really mind like, yeah, I missed it's okay. <laughs> I'm just yeah, more that excited a, that they're moving forward. <laughs> that was an intense time. I remember that period, like chasing yeah. points and people were racing like where they would normally race two or three Ironmans. They were going up to five and six oh. Ironmans chasing, chasing yeah. points and, and doing exactly what you did is, you know, turning it back to back every two or three week weekends. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good we choice. were at that race in Placid. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, that, and that was your crazy first, weather. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy weather. Super crazy. Um, yeah. Super crazy weather. But um, yeah, that was your first Ironman win. I remember yes. that. And, and, you uh, ra- and you guys both raced or j- you? No. no, BJ was injured and having a dark night of the soul. Yeah. And, uh, but I w- had a, I had <laughs> I a- was cheering you on. I remember <laughs> seeing you and I was like, oh my God, somebody's racing. This is awesome. Like, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> I've had opportunity there, but no, yeah. that was uh, that was a wild day, wild and wet day. Super wild, yeah. <laughs> so let's, um, yeah, let's dive into just your backstory because I got glimpses of this um, really shy young girl, and um, <laughs> and I caught that piece of your story after I had been listening to podcasts, and of course, just f- being familiar with you in the sport and hearing you, like you seem to me very very comfortable with speaking and you're, you have such a, a friendly demeanor. Um, but it's, it started out being very introverted, very quiet. And so yeah. I want to hear this evolution and what athletics, the role that that played in your transformation into who you are today. Yeah, I was like a really, really like impossibly shy kid, um, to the point where I think I got held back um, I think I repeated kindergarten twice and, and then also went to pre first cause yeah, I was just super shy and wasn't really like interacting. Um, so <laughs> did a lot of, uh, kindergarten years. <laughs> it took me a while to nail the kindergarten. Um, <laughs> and then, um, my, I was, but I was also like super hyperactive and like loved even as a young kid to like challenge myself. I remember, um, just doing all these crazy things. Like as an eight year old, I was like all challenging myself to do these long runs, like 10 mile runs, almost half mile runs when I was 13. Um, and so my mom wanted to sign me up for the, this summer run league. But again, I was just like super shy, um, and resisted it and then finally did it. Um, and I just remembered loving it. And the first race I did, I didn't win at all think I lost but I just remembered like feeling like this almost like superpower like I started the race I finished the race and it just gave me all this confidence and then and then that's where sort of like sports started to click um and become a really important part of my of my life um and it definitely wasn't about like 
you know, when you're that young, at least I, it wasn't like about winning or losing. It was just about starting and finishing. And that gave me a huge sense of pride and, and confidence. Um, yeah. So, so that was the story of Amber as a little shy kid. (laughs) And then you went to school as a, you went to college on a track scholarship, didn't you? Yeah, I did. So I went to, I ran at Northeastern, um, which was a really, it was a good experience. Um, I think it was a, it was a hard, it was definitely for sure hard work because I was in the PT program as well. So learned like early on having to like balance the athletics and the school. Um, and then after I was done college, I, yeah, I just, I was never someone that was like, Oh, I'm going to be done, you know, competing. It was just intertwined in my life. Uh, sports rather was intertwined. Like I just felt like it's very meaningful for me. And, um, you know, again, gave me that confidence, but also like it's the community too, right. That you meet. Um, and those like really cool sh- stories that you share along the way. Um, yeah. So. And was it only running in, in college? Did you have any inkling that you would <clears throat> get curious about swimming or, or biking? I did, um, join cause you could, it was division one. So you could only, you know, do one sport, but I did do like the swim club there. Um, and, and then the story is after I graduated, I had a ton of student debt. And so I wrote, I had, couldn't buy a car and rode my bike to work. And, and I was like, Oh, you know, swim, bike, run, this might be fun and signed up for a couple sprints and they were super fun. And then of course, like classic Amber a year into it, I was like, I'm going to do an Ironman, (laughs) which, which is, uh, was in 2009 Ironman Wisconsin. So I'm, it's actually really awesome because it's going to come full circle. That'll be the next Ironman I, I do, which was my first one. So yeah. And how, how did that first one go? Like, do you remember anything from that? I remember, oh, I remember <laughs> so much about that. Like I bonked so many times, like not one bonk, but bonk on bonk. On bonk. <laughs> I think I had like one gel, the whole bike ride. I mean, I just really didn't know what I was doing. And I like hobbled. I still kind of know, I, I kind of know what I'm doing now. <laughs> still make those same mistakes, but I like hobbled across the finish line. And I just remember thinking like, oh, that was the coolest thing ever. So <laughs> Do you remember what your time was in that first one? I think I just broke 11 hours. I think it was what? like 1050. That's yeah, impressive. That's a challenging course too, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think you're trudging along is probably three times as fast as my fast pace. Um, <laughs> yeah, so when does professional triathlon come in, right? So you're, you do this Ironman and, and you're loving it, obviously, athletics and competition and it's transformed your life and... Um, but when do you say like, huh, maybe I'll do this professionally? Um, and so that in Wisconsin, I just missed a Kona slot, um, by one. And so then I was like, oh man. So I just saw this glimpse of like, wow, this, this is cool. Like, um, I like this. Um, it's exciting. And I want to, you know, try to get to Kona. So I signed up for Ironman like Placid and that's where I qualified as an age grouper. Um, and I also qualified at that race, raced fast enough that it qualified me to, to race pro. So I went to Kona the next year as an age grouper. And then I decided, um, because I had qualified to race pro, I decided to go for it. And, um, you know, and in my mindset, it was like, I just want to keep getting pushed and like, see how far, um, 
you know, I, I can, I can take this the first like two or three years racing pro. I like totally got my butt handed to me, um, which I didn't, it didn't matter though. I mean, that's what I would prefer. I like love chasing. And I think like, that's the point of sport, right. Is to like, see how, see how much we can get out of our bodies. Um, so it was a little bit of a learning curve though <laughs> at first. I'm like, Oh, these girls are real fast. <laughs> yeah. That leap from age group to professional is quite, is quite big. Is it? It's yeah. A, it's a big leap. It's a, yeah, a totally big leap. And, um, but I'm glad I, I'm totally glad I stuck with it and really had to like keep remind myself that obviously not about like wins or podiums, just about like how fast can you go on any certain day? So and you, you spoke, I listened to one podcast, you were talking about those that you entered as a pro with, and because they were in this, you know, as all pros do their challenge, they sort of felt, they sort of fell away and, and were yes. like, maybe this isn't for me, but your stick to itness was like, <laughs> Um, I got, I got to keep going. I'm really, yes. I'm really, really, really stubborn. So yeah, the, the, I entered that first pro year, there was a bunch of girls that entered with me. And I do remember like, you know, after the races, we were like, wow, that was tough. (laughs) And a lot of those girls just decided to go back and race age grouper, which I don't blame them. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's like, go with, you know, go win your age group. That, that also can be fun. Um, but yeah, for me, it was just about like, I know that these pro girls are going to like push me like past my limits. And, and that was important to me. So, so this competitiveness and like you found this natural, uh, drive when you were younger to like push yourself and challenge yourself. Like, where does that come from? Is, is that in your parents? Is it someone in your family? Is it something that you watched on television? Like, where does that come from? You think? I don't, you know, I don't know. I felt like it really was like from a very early age. I just like lo- at its simplest form, I just like love to like feel my heart beating <laughs> and just like, you know, yeah, I, I don't know actually. And and it's in a way right now it's a little addicting, right? Because I think I spent the last decade where people are like, Ooh, wait until you're 30, wait until your mid thirties, wait until you turn 40, you know, things start to break down and, and so now it's just like, well, now I'm 40, I still feel strong, you know? So like, <laughs> let's, let's just keep pushing. Um, so I don't know exactly where it came from. Um, just but it's in still me. going, it's in me. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's still going strong. And I think that that's really what we, we are talking about when we're talking about purpose. It's this thing within you that you're drawn to or a quality about yourself that you just can't shake. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it's always easy, but it just means it's almost like, I know that Beej and I would agree with this. Like, and so I ask you the same question. It's almost like, well, there's nothing else. Like you can't, like, there's nothing else I I can do if it doesn't involve this thing that drives me so much. (laughs) Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You have no choice. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And in a way, and in a way too, I, I feel like humans just don't use all of their potential, you know, and this is a general statement, but I, I really do. I, I find, and especially I learned this after, after giving birth too, you know, it's like, A, it was amazing to create a human and then like birth that human. So that, that alone just was like, wow, something clicked even more so than it had in the past. Like I do, I feel like humans can do way more than we think. Um, 
you know, if we train right, sleep right, eat right, and like kind of keep that positive mindset. Do you, do you think we set our goals too small? Yeah, I think so. Totally. Um, you know, and it's always like sort of that tricky, like tricky balance of if you set it way too high, you don't want to be like disappointed all the time. Right. Um, but I think it is important to just like keep reaching and reaching and reaching. Um, and it's just like, if you can stay positive, it's like, like who knows where you'll be in the next 10 years. You know, if you really keep like striving for way up here. Yeah. Well, let's dive into a little bit of that mindset. Like what are some of the things that, I don't know if you have specific practices or techniques that you employ to work with your mindset because not every day is bluebird skies and, right. you know, seven degrees, 70 degrees and sunny, unless you're our, <laughs> unless you're our neighbor. We, we were, we were chatting about that before we, uh, before we put the microphones on. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, even right now, like we've got the Marine layer and it's, you know, the sun's not there and there's something about that sun that, Poor you know, us, right, some right. days are, <laughs> some, some days are just flow is easy. And some right. days it's a little bit more rocky. And so what are some things that you've learned or can share or maybe specific techniques that you employ to keep your mindset solid? So solid. Yeah. So I always think like, I always like try to like, especially now where I'm really mentally fresh, you know, cause I haven't had the past, like, well, and even with COVID too, right. I haven't really had a ton of chances to like dig deep in the well. Um, so now with some of these like harder sessions, I really am like practicing like to breathe into the pain and like not push the pain away, you know? So if I'm doing like a big bike set and like quads start to burn, I like kind of, I welcome it. Um, and that was actually like one of the, the techniques I used giving birth. It's like, if you kind of like tighten up and push it away, it actually like, um, it's hard. It ends up being harder. Um, so it sounds weird, but you have to sort of like welcome the, the discomfort. <laughs> uh, and so that's, yeah, something I call on and use all the time. I think I see Charlie. Yeah. Charlie's here. <laughs> right. We're doing podcast. Yeah. She, we can do a little appearance in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little Charlie appearance. Please. Charlie and Ryan. Oh, hi. Oh, oh my god she's really cute that is cute hi that is a cute baby it's official ryan you're cute too hi ryan hi. oh my gosh she loves the camera look at her are you yeah hi right away. Okay. <laughs> oh my god she's wow she's feeling good after that nap <laughs> She's feeling good. She had some eggs. She had some eggs. (laughs) There's echo too, right? So just okay. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. We so appreciate the appearance of for those listening. I wish you could see this cute baby, but I'm sure it's on Amber's Instagram account or something. Yeah, she's all over. She's all, and you, and she is available for mindset coaching. So. Charlie charges uh, quite a fee, but you know, it's because she can read your mind. She doesn't even have to talk. 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, like childbirth, huh? I mean, talking about mindset, like she's coming out, you know, it's not like one of those things where you can, not right now. Like, it's not, right not now. like one of those things where you can be like, okay, I'm going to cut this session short. Like I didn't right. get good sleep last night. Like she's coming. Exactly. And so you have, you have no choice exactly. and because it's just the process, like you do have to relax. I would, I would assume I've never given birth, but knowing the body yes. and knowing like that, you know, to get her out, you got to relax so you can yes. open and let her go. And, yes. um, yep. but same thing with, I, I totally agree with this and I find it to be quite a profound mindset tool is when the pain shows up, relax. Yes. Yep. relax. Like our, our tendency I think is to fight what totally. is uncomfortable and what we don't like. But if we relax and then we use our breath, which is tied into that calming nervous system, yep. I think it's, it doesn't make the, it, well, I don't think it, it doesn't make the pain go away in my experience, but it definitely doesn't make it worse. Like in right. this mode of acceptance. Exactly. Exactly. And it can kind of like help you to like, just sort of enter you know, what I think some people will refer to as like that, like optimal state of flow too. Right. Um, where if you even thinking about like a hard run or track workout where it's like, if you're tightening up, your shoulders come up, right. And then maybe the gates off a little bit, but if you're like sort of breathing into it, welcoming the pain and just focusing on, on like form, like things start to flow a little bit better. Um, and yeah. And then as we know, right, we talked about this early on is like mindset is everything, so if you're, if you can just constantly say like, no, th this is what I'm here for, um, you know, kind of like bring it on. I think like everything will start to flow. Mm -hmm. And looping it back to how we don't believe that we're giving ourselves a chance. Like we're, we're, we're sort of selling ourselves short that there's a lot more potential or, or left on the table there. And I know this is kind of a, I think I know the answer to the, to the question, but <laughs> You know, mindset or, phys you know, doing more intervals on the trainer, or is it, is it more important to be, begin to cultivate that relationship? Like, like be there in the moment, turn off the music, like be in that yes. fifth interval of 10 minutes and you're like, you're hammering away and you feel it. Be in that moment to experience it, even if you need to adjust, um, adjust the intensity or whatever, but, yes. but complete it, like finish what you started versus... Yes. I just need to keep, I just need to train longer hours, right? 20 or 30 hours. Yep. Yeah. No, yes. Uh, yeah. hundred percent. And, and, um, you know, all my training is up on training peaks or, or Strava too. And I think like, if you took a look at it, you would sort of be like, oh, wow. Like tons of easy aerobic stuff, but really now because my training windows are so short, it's like every session I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in it, I guess. Um, so really, really in it. <laughs> you have to be, you have to immerse yourself in it, right? Yes. And that's, that's, um, mindfulness, right? Uh, paying attention to what you're doing while you're doing it. Like that's, yes. that's it. That's the key. Um, and at least, and you're a coach too. So you're working with athletes and you probably have to kind of temper the, the, in, the desire to do more. Whereas, right. um, you're living the example of, of just maybe you just need to ch like chill, like yeah. keep these sessions easy, be consistent in the easy sessions and just wait till to see what, what happens if you stay focused on that. Yeah, definitely. And I think like, um, as we, as we go along maybe and, um, yeah, I don't want to say as, 
we age. I hate that, but <laughs> it's true. Maybe um, we want to like really stay away from that gray zone to that gray zone training. Right. So um, keeping the easy days super duper easy. And then, and that allows you to go a little bit deeper on some of those harder sessions. Mm. Yeah. So we've talked about the gray zone ad nauseum on this podcast for so many years, but I don't <laughs> think, um, I don't think that we can talk about it enough. I really don't because, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, because we're still seeing it. It's epidemic. Um, and most of the time when people come, if not all the time, people come to us and they say like two things that they want to overcome. Um, one is like they want consistency because they haven't yep. been consistent. But the other thing is like they're not seeing improvement. So because I, um, I think it's helpful to hear it through the voice, the unique voice of so many different people and you as a pro and, and as a coach, um, why do we not want to be in the gray zone? Right. So it's, um, and okay. So, and let me back up a little bit. I, I do before Charlie, it was, it was almost harder for me to take the easy sessions easy because the really the easy sessions have to be so, so easy. Like if you think about an easy bike ride, you're almost pretending like you have glass cranks, so like barely putting, you know what I mean? Um, and then with running too, it ends up like some of my runs are uh, like, so let's see here, like four and a half to five minutes per mile slower than like a 5k pace, um, which is that's slow. <laughs> and so, you know, after having Charlie, like my body went through a ton of trauma um, and so I was just like not able to push and not confident maybe enough to put, or I just wanted to be safe about it. Um, so I just started to take these sessions like super duper easy. Um, and then even after I got strong enough, I sort of, I hung on to that. Um, and it really, it helped me like recover better. And then it helped me do some of the faster sessions better. Um, and yeah, gray zone work is is doesn't only, it makes you slower. And I think it is all really hard for people to buy into it because the majority of the training, like 80, 85% of your training is supposed to be easy aerobic zone training. Um, yeah. And I don't know now with Strava and segments and, you know, you maybe get it, you do a certain bike loop and then you get attached. You're like, Oh, I did that loop in an hour. So <laughs> it should always take me an hour. <laughs> Just, you know, something as simple as that. Um, yeah. I know. Like I just said a couple, remember last week I was tapering for Oregon, like just in that, in those like five days. And I'm like, oh, this girl just took my local legend over you know, down the street. <laughs> and was I was like, oh my too. God. And I'm like, oh my God, now another girl. Like she took my other thing. <laughs> exactly. And it's so funny. It's like, whoa, just chill girl. Just like chill. what's the goal? Is the goal to get this like point one mile like segment back or right. is it to go and have a great return to half iron man you know exactly and it does it takes a lot of confidence right to slow down um and for me too i mean i i love strava i love strava for all of the things um but before charlie like i was like oh i have an easy run but i'm gonna do this loop so i can just try for this one segment you know what i mean um but now with her i'm like i'm not gonna chase segments with in the running stroller with her. <laughs> so like, yeah, <laughs> Ryan's looking at me like, okay, one time I did. 
<laughs> He's keeping you honest. A few decades. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, stay close. Yeah. Stay close, buddy. We, we need some truth here. Yeah, we need the truth. Truth bombs. But um, yeah, I hope I answered that okay. Yeah, yeah. no, you did. And and I think because of your – and I love your honesty, right? Like you'd be like, I have an easy run, but I'm just going to go grab this FKT. It'll be fine. Um, exactly. Do you feel like just your experience, um, you know, slowing way down and then going out for this first race, coming in second at Tremblant, like do you feel like you're even more passionate about this like train the train the the edges of the zones yes yes absolutely absolutely um yeah and it also like i said it it allows me um um yeah i mean all my runs are done with charlie too which i don't i wouldn't change for anything you know um so i think like right now my my training is working something's working um just going to stick with it. <laughs> yeah. Stick with it. Yeah. Um, how about, uh, how about that girl that came in first to Mara Jewett? Can oh, that she's girl, amazing. Can, can, she, she can she run or what? She is at, you know, it's funny too, because I, I caught her on, on the bike and we were kind of going back and forth. It was like, it was a, it was an awesome bike battle. And we ended up like, um, coming into transition, like second and third female. And I was like, she's going to beat me by 10 minutes. <laughs> It was kind of disheartening, you know, it's like, oh, it's great to be biking with her, but I'm going to lose by 10 minutes. <laughs> and it is, it actually is like super cool to see female. Like, I mean, she is setting a whole new bar in regards to the run, you know, it really is. It's amazing. Um, so hopefully I, yeah, I'll see her at worlds and she, I mean, she is definitely going to be in contention to podium at worlds, which is yeah, super cool. She's a really, really nice nice awesome competitor so did she let your fire a little bit do you feel like she pushed you knowing how fast she was gonna run like her potential like in what her history has said is that this girl can can put it down on the on the run course do you feel like that was like okay let me just try and get as close to her as i possibly can well i uh i had like the words of my coach like you have three and a half hours of race fitness in you. so i was like <laughs> uh like once i caught the second place girl i was like okay damage control like don't do anything stupid just protect second place if that makes sense yeah <laughs> um yeah tamara is awesome like it's just i love stuff like that in sport too because again it's like you know we see like rinny and all the um like you know those super fast caliber runners like running like 118s off the bike which is so fast and then tamara comes along and runs 114 113 so it's like it, it like our potential is limitless. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah. And I bet we'll, I mean, it's kind of the Roger Bannister thing, right? Like I yes. bet we're, we're going to see more, more male and female runners just blowing away what, what history says is possible at these right. distances. And especially with this, what do you have to say about this kind of this, these people who are coming in from, like WTS, ITU, like yeah. ITU yeah. racing, Olympic. I mean, they oh, are. It's, yeah, it's awesome. It's it's super awesome. Like, I, it made it makes the bike portion like just everything that I enjoy about racing. You know, I think a lot of people look at long course and they're like, uh, you know, you just hunker down and watch your power and your heart rate. But really, in a half Ironman, it's not like that anymore. It's like you're super reactive. You know, if obviously like no drafting. Right. But it's like, even if you can see a girl that's 10 bike lengths ahead of you, that is like, that is motivation, um, you know, to like bike a little bit harder and like stay in it. Um, 
yeah, so I love that. I love like head to head uh like spiky racing like that so super exciting (laughs) and you've seen a lot change over your years as as racing you know it was before it was like you know it's all on it's all about the run you got to be a strong runner and it's not it's not that case at all i mean if you want to especially at the pro level if you want to have any chance of um you know success in your career or longevity in the sport uh you got to do it all yes (laughs) which i'm thinking you love you love that that bar is higher Super. Yes. It's awesome. I, I would, I think I do need to work on the swim a little bit right now. Um, <laughs> it would be nice not to get out of the water, like near the back. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just, it's super exciting to see these girls crush it and like really raise the bar. <laughs> what do you think it would take to put you in, put you in the front pack for this, for the swim? Well, yeah. So that's one of the things I was, I was sort of in my head. I'm like, the swim is the shortest portion of the race. Obviously I need to be like relatively competitive in it, but right now with Charlie, again, I, again, it's like mindset of like minimal impact to her. So I'm swimming like one to two times a week. So it's going to take more than that. <laughs> but I, um, yeah, right now it's, it's almost like not worth it to me to, you know, couple minutes here and lose Charlie time. So yeah, no, that totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great face. Um, all right, swinging back to athletes. I love how we're rolling with this combo. Um, the other thing that I had talked about was consistency. How do you help? How do you assist your athletes in being consistent? Um, I think it's all about um, individualizing their their plan and like tailing it to their. I mean, pe- our lives are busy, right? Um, so I find myself like constantly checking with athletes and like asking them if this is working, if that's working. And it's like really just making the plan work for them. Um, a, a big motivating phrase I like to use too is like action creates momentum, right? So that helped me in pregnancy too. When things started to get like super uncomfortable with the training, I was like, okay, uh, I'm planned for a four mile run. Um, that's not going to happen. So, but at least getting myself outside the door for like a two mile waddle, (laughs) but like essentially that action creates momentum. So then I was just doing something every day. Um, yeah. And for, for me that worked. And I think that that works for a lot of people, you know, where you're not, you don't have to get attached to like, Oh, I had a 10 mile hard run planned, like just get yourself out the door. Um, and that, yeah, can create a lot of momentum. Yeah. And there's this tendency we find that it's, uh, you fall into all or nothing. Like if the 10 mile run is, if I can't get the 10 mile run in, I'm not going to do it, but I'll do it tomorrow. Like tomorrow I'll start up again. Tomorrow's the day that things are going to miraculously change. Right. Um, (laughs) Right. But, but as coaches, it's like, it's, it's having that, that, because we've been there too. I mean, we've been there in some respect, but how can we begin to uh, bridge the gap between maybe, you know, 15 minutes is okay. Right. Um, today and cel- and celebrate that 15 minutes is is an accomplishment knowing that tomorrow you can go and and go longer if you can but exactly. let's 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 zoom back and beam back into today and what you can do today to build that momentum which we both know we all know like once you get that momentum going it's it, it really can be an asset. Exactly. Yes, 100%. I remember the early months with Charlie um when, so on Tuesdays, I, I, my first patient's at seven in the morning. So Ryan would drop her at daycare. So I'd, 
you know, treat patients all day. And then I would have to like be on top of my notes to pick her up. And then I would go home and feed her, change her. Then I would pump. And I was also fighting daylight because it was like winter time. But I knew like just both of us getting outside for fresh air was huge. So in my in my head, I was like, just do a like some days I just did a half mile. <laughs> but just be, just because that was the routine every Tuesday, you know, I was like, this is happening. And some Tuesdays I got we got a bunch of miles outside. Um, but yeah, super important. Action creates momentum. <laughs> Speaking our language. Yeah, <laughs> yeah momentum. <laughs> I love the BJ, you tell the story about like like a car, like you're pushing a car and you're at the top of a hill and then the car starts to go down the hill and like it's gonna create it's gonna get gain even more speed as it continues to go. But like to stop that car, you know, and then like you drop all that momentum. And so it's so much harder. Like that's why a half a mile matters. I, yes. Friday, Friday nights, we typically scoot up to the pool up the street and it's like, maybe it's like six o'clock by the time we shut our computers down and we'll just go 1300 yards or 1200 yeah. yards or a thousand yards. And sometimes it's just, just kick, you know, kick and swim, do fifties and then head out. And it matters. Like it sets totally. us up for Saturday workouts. Yep. Um, I think there's nothing better than doing a swim and putting your jammies on. Like it's, <laughs> there's exactly. so much about it, Yes. but it would be so much easier to be like, well, I'm going to, you know, push through this next thing or I'm, let's just watch a movie or, but to create that momentum and to keep that momentum going makes it easier and easier to step into action. A hundred percent. Yep. Totally agree. <laughs> the other thing I like to say is, uh, you know, just, fi just 15 minutes, 15 minutes is less than 1% of your day. Yeah. So, so look at that map. Do you have 1% of your day to commit to yourself to, to then build upon that over time, like a little bit right. every day over, over a long period of time. Can you commit to that? And when you kind of reframe it, because I think a lot of it comes from reframing, like at first they're not getting it. Like I can't do 15 minutes. Like how am I going to run uh, a sub 130 half marathon out of 70.3 if I'm only running 15 minutes? Okay. Well, let's talk about that. Okay. Right. <laughs> Right. Are you committed to going an hour and a half, like beating that? So it may start with 15 minutes and, and starting to turn the tide of let's get this momentum building. Momentum's everything. Consistency and momentum, we are like so hard handed on that. It's just so important. So important. It's so important. Yeah. And then just like the trickle down effect, right? Like of even swimming a Friday nights, the thousand yards, you get like blood flow and good endorphins and good energy. And then yeah. And then it's like just a better Friday night and then a better weekend. So, <laughs> and I would say almost every Friday around that five o'clock hour, I'm like, Oh, I could just climb into bed right now. Yeah. And then we go yep. to the pool and then yep. we jump in and it's, it, we come home and I'm like, I feel so much better. Like I feel I energized. I feel light. I feel fluid. I feel good. I feel hungry. I feel ready. Like totally. Yeah. And so it's, it's, I think it's an important message that, you know, just because the training peaks, is green doesn't mean that we don't have those like, oh, it'd be easy to just watch a movie right now, or I could just climb into bed right now, like right. getting up and getting out there. Right. So critical. Right. <laughs> um, we haven't talked about nutrition at all. So fueling, you know, fueling, fueling, it's something that, you know, everybody loves to hear on the podcast, like what's, <laughs> what's your take on it, but how, so has fueling changed, you know, since, since Charlie has come along and, and how you, how you race and train and actually daily nutrition too. 
Yeah. So this is, <laughs> I was just <laughs> texting one of my friends before the podcast at work. And, um, so when I was like breastfeeding in, in the thick of it, I was, and you know, just starting to kind of slowly ramp up, um, training, the energy costs are huge. And I think it's, um, a misconception that like higher volumes of training will ruin milk supply. It's not that it's really, it's just the available energy. So I was, I have been on a cheese diet, (laughs) which I did like, God help my cholesterol, but I, it was just the, it was tons of nutrients, right. And, um, well, the calcium that I needed to replace and a lot of calories and, and fat. And so then, then I, I was like those blocks of raw cheddar cheese, like every couple of days, just that is (laughs) how I kept the energy. Yes. How I kept the energy in the positive. Um, but on, on the whole, um, I really am like trying to gravitate towards like a lot of like whole foods and tons of vegetables. Um, I don't do a really, a lot of supplements at all. Um, but I will on heavy training do a scoop of protein before bedtime. I, I feel like that really helps repair overnight. Um, because we kind of enter that like catabolic state anyway, and then it'll help like usually Saturday's a long day and Sunday's a long day of training. Um, um, and then what, uh, what else? So I have some real specific, um, fueling I do for races. Um, and I think people are always surprised, like I'm on the smaller side for females and I'm ingesting closer to 400 calories an hour, hour and then like upwards of 1500 milligrams of sodium an hour. Um, so that yeah. yeah that's a lot that yeah. and i love to hear that because i think under fueling is um it's common uh yeah. i just did oregon last weekend and i i was i was i was a little like whoa i took in that much sodium but um but there were there were many ailments that were completely absent that I have never experienced before. Like I, I was like, wow, okay. have I been racing with an electrolyte imbalance for almost two decades? Yeah. So, How much did you take in? Did you track it? It was I took in. I've been using the stuff called the Right Stuff, um, and it's seventeen hundred milligrams of sodium. There's other, some other things in there, uh, per packet. And I had four of those packets over the day, starting first, first one was with my pre-race breakfast. And then I had two in my bottles during the bike. And then I had one during the half marathon. Okay. Awesome. And then how long did it take you the race? Uh, 545. That's great. Yeah. So that's pretty much like, um, Par, yeah. So a lot of the times, like, right, we bonk because not because of the calories, but more so like dehydration. And we like really need sodium and electrolytes when we race. We can't just fuel right with plain water. And it's, it's amazing. Actually, um, came across this stat the other day that like some heavy, heavy sweaters. So if you're heavy, and especially like think about those big guys that are just like sweating the whole day can lose six to seven liters an hour. So that's 200 ounces of sweat loss an hour. Whoa. <laughs> so, I mean, and if, so if you think about that, if you're, yeah, if you're under fueling, under hydrating, it can be like a real long day, especially in hotter. And yeah. on a it was a game changer. Cause when I, we were in the car on the way home, I was like, okay, so how much did I take in? And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was like 5,700 milligrams. I'm like, oh, is that too much? And then I'm like, no. what? 
I didn't have a post-race headache. I didn't have yeah. like that hip flexor fatigue. I didn't have the yeah. psoas cramping. I didn't have the diaphragm. Cramp. I didn't have the neck pain. I had none of that. None of it. Yeah. So yeah, I bet, I bet you nailed, you nailed the nutrition. Yeah, I did nail we it. Did, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I'm usually about 250 to 300 calories an hour, which, um, that's it. Yep. I think even 300, like I've got a, I've got a crazy appetite, like, and I just feel like my body just burns. Like you, I'm small. Um, but it's, I think minimum, minimum, we're looking at 250, like minimum. Yeah. Yeah, And it's not, um, as far as calories, I don't, I don't think it really matters like how big or small you are. Um, it, it really is a matter of just like practicing with him and making sure that your, you know, your gut, you practice, you really train, train the gut to absorb it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what we, I think that's the missing component, like train it. Like, and there's, there's a reason why there's so many products out there in different types. It's because yes. we're all different. We're all uniquely diff- different. So yes. practice, 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 yes. practice, and practice in kind of con- the conditions and the intensity that you're going to do on race day, Yes, you know, not just the long, slow, steady ride and you're consuming and it's working great. You feel awesome. Right. Because you're fueling and you're going easy, but what happens? Right. <laughs> I have a funny quick story about when I raced in Tremblant, I brought a few athletes up there and, uh, one of the athletes who's awesome, it was his first race, but he like, he's, you know, the whole, the whole weekend he had his race plan was like these huge, like thick, he made huge, thick chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm like, you know, he's just a great guy. I wanted him to kind of figure it out, but he's just like, I'm like, I don't know if that's going to work. It's going to be like 98 degrees. <laughs> so he's like, Amber, listen, this worked in training. This is going to work for me. And then after the race, he, the first thing he texted me, he's like, I didn't touch one of those cookies. <laughs> oh, good. Oh my God. I'm so glad. I was like, <laughs> those were not going to work at all. So it does. I know. It's like, well, yeah, it's one thing to train with cookies when it's like 65 and you're going easy. It's another thing when it's 100 and it's like your full tilt. So, <laughs> yeah, that's when you want to be putting down some Coke, uh, <laughs> things like that. That, uh, oh my gosh, that's so funny. We did, um, we did special needs. Remember, we did that special needs volunteering at oh, Ironman, Ironman yeah. Arizona, like, I don't know what it was. It was years ago, maybe five or six years ago. And like, I remember people coming up and pulling out like a Cuisinos sub. I'm like, that is, are you sure you want to do that? Like, and then there's like another person like with their bag of food and their family photo album and they're crying and they're eating like an old hamburger. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on here? I can never volunteer here again. (laughs) Oh, that is, oh my gosh, that is great. I know that. It is. It's classic though, right? Because it's like I'm right now. I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, I've stopped for some subs like halfway through rides, right? But it's like totally different scenario. <laughs> like, totally different. Yeah. Different. There's a reason why there's like you know scientists and things like that that work for these nutrition companies. Like exactly. There's, there's a reason. There's a reason why those things are highly absorbable, but it's hysterical, <laughs> and you just we all have to learn, right? And we've right. all made. We've all made mistakes. Um, right. Do you have a mistake that you've made in in either like racing or training with nutrition or otherwise wh- that you learned and you're like, oh my god, I'm never doing that again. That was a great lesson. Uh, just you know, on the similar <laughs> line of like, I was training like way early on um, with like chocolate, goo- just goose, um, and then I got to like a hot weather race and I was like, oh god, no, like no way, chocolate. You know, so it's just like those little subtleties that. Yeah, you just kind of have to tweak and you have to practice in all sorts of different scenarios. Um, yeah, 
yeah, nutrition. Yeah. I know it's, it really is constant. It's a constant sort of tweaking and like what works, what didn't work. And yeah, flavor science is real. Yes. You yeah. know, I, when I was picking my, my gels for this weekend, it was like, you know, lighter, lighter flavors like lemonade. Yes. Citrus, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, and then absolutely. like for, you know, early morning, colder runs, that's when you want like the chocolate or the toasted marshmallow or something yes. like that. But you don't want a s'mores when it's 98, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, <it's> just, exactly. <laughs> but you'll learn. You will learn, learn. for sure. Yeah. We all have. Um, uh, this has been super fun. I want to, we got to start wrapping this up, but okay. there's something on your website that says be brave. Oh. And um, so I guess the context that I'm curious about is like, we can think of the obvious of like brave, like jumping off that dock, you know, and getting into your first Ironman swim or triathlon swim. It doesn't have to be an Ironman. We can think about those moments of bravery, but what is like, what does it feel like somebody who lives bravely just in everyday life? Yeah, I would, you know, I think like just not putting limits on yourself. Um, I think that that's how sort of I would sum it up in like sort of like take taking those chances or like, you know, everything, it doesn't have to be athletics, but it's like, send the email or like, you know, you're thinking you're in a maybe desk job, like, and you're thinking of constantly like, well, what if I opened my own, you know, business, like just do it. Like life is so short. Um, and yeah, so I, I think that that's what sort of, that, that's where I sort of, um, think about it as is, yeah, it's like, just, just go out and do it. Send the email, quit the job. <laughs> Sign up for the race. <laughs> Dream big. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think we all hold ourselves back, myself included. I think that's, that's, uh, it's a belief system, right? It's yep. constantly trying to keep us safe and small and comfortable. Yes. And, and I think if we start to question that, oh boy, man, possibilities, right? We always think about lack. Like we always think about what could go wrong and right. not so much about what could go right. So right. Yeah, I think that's exactly. That's yeah. <laughs> so cool. Like so it. you'll be at Ironman Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you in St. George. We'll be there oh, in St. George. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We'll Hope have we... to link up. That's yeah, awesome. That would be Are you guys racing? Are you racing? Yes. Beach is racing. I'll be yep. racing. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. awesome. gonna, have you raced in St. George before? Yes. I okay, I good. did the full. I don't know if they changed the course, but it, I did like the full on the two loop. It's a, oh man, not an easy course. Not easy. No, no. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be there. And then how do people get, uh, more of you? Where are you most active? And, um, yeah. Um, try to be active on Facebook and then the Instagram. I did. Yeah. Lots of Charlie stuff. I, when she was first born, I'm like, I'm not going to post a lot about chart, you know, oh, maybe I'll just do once a week. And now I'm like, uh, once every hour. That's okay. Yeah. No, she is <laughs> just official. Official report here from Yogi Charlie Podcast. This child is adorable. Confirmed. Especially yeah. when she wakes up from naps. I mean, because I'm sure she's always like that, right? <laughs> Dress cute, big smiles. I love how she was like reaching, reaching for, for, the the, for the camera. She's like, yeah. She's like, I'm not going to wait to transform through sport. I'm just going to come in and just be like 
out there behind the camera. I love it. Um, and Granite State Endurance, people from all over the country can join into that community, right? Yeah, absolutely. I try to send out like monthly emails, just some tidbits, just sort of what we talked about too on nutrition and stuff. And then local athletes, we do track workouts on Tuesday. We do bike workouts. We have a little bike studio in the winter. So yeah, I mean, that that's the big thing for me, right? Is that community and just sharing the experiences with everyone. Beautiful. And that's in Concord, right? Concord, New Hampshire? Yeah, it's in Concord. Yep. Cool. Yep. Yeah. I love it. We've driven through Concord many times going up to Canada. Many, Can- many times. Cannon, Cannon Mountain. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice skiing. Yeah. Yeah. Shredding <laughs> it on the ice, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Amber. It was awesome thank to you. chat with you today. You what an too. amazing way to start our day. Now we're going to head to the pool, have a team Good. swim, Good. and uh, we're going to be throwing down some Amber for uh, wisdom mm-hmm. for all the athletes. So watch out, peeps. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I'll see you guys in Utah. I'm psyched for that. <laughs>